and it's taken from Ephesians 6, 1 to 4. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. Shall we hear the word of God? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Verse 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instructions of the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and in the instructions of the Lord. Here ends the reading of his word. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can the church shout a loud hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen. Before we start, turn to your right and left. Give a warm smile. Let the person feel secure and safe sitting by you. And welcome the person once again to church. Amen. Hallelujah. The family week begins and we thank God this is the first Sunday I suppose. It shall be glorious. And whatever heaven had intended to, to achieve shall be achieved. Um, I'm very grateful to the church leadership. I want to say a very big thank you and for this honor given me. And I pray that the Lord will use this privilege that you have made available to me to bless the church and the people of the Lord, the people of God say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so let's get straight into the word for this morning. The family life of a believer. The family life of a believer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. You are the reason why we live. You are the reason why we move. You are the reason why we have our being. We are here because you have been with us. November. 2022, 11 months in the year 2022, only you would have kept us. Thank you for all that you've made happen. We entered this year not knowing what it held, but the unfolding chapters have shown that you know the end from the beginning and you have been faithful to us. And so we declare, we decree that the remaining, remaining days of this year will give you glory and no one here shall be put to shame. And as your word proceeds, let it, O oh God, accomplish the purpose for which you had intended for it to accomplish. And so I declare this session open in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the people of God shout, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we are going to go back on that scripture. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. And then I add a few more other scriptures. <sighs> Hallelujah. Ephesians 6, I repeat it again for emphasis. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long. And ye fathers and mothers, I add the mothers, 
And ye fathers and mothers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nature and admonition of the Lord. Amen. First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. First Corinthians 11, and I read verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. Full stop. The structure and hierarchy is established. It can be contested against. The head of every man who ultimately becomes a husband and a father is Christ. So a man is not a man without headship. The head of the man is Christ. The head of the woman is the man who is submitted to Christ. And the head of Christ is God. We're looking at the family life of a believer. For now, let's just read the next one and then I get into the word. Ephesians chapter 5. Take note of the scriptures I'm taking because it will actually summarize the word I have this morning from the Lord for us. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33. Ephesians 5 33. Sorry about that. Ephesians 5.33, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. And the church says, Amen. Nevertheless, let each of you who is married, let every husband so love his own wife, not another person's wife. Even as himself. And let the wife reverence her husband, not other people's husband. And so, the family life of a believer is founded on these scriptures and several other scriptures. And church is about the family. God is not intimidated that I hold microphone to preach. Because preaching comes by grace and the call. What moves the heart of God is who I am in my home. To my children and to my husband. God is not intimidated by talent and giftings. God is not intimidated by my degrees. God is not intimidated by my bank account. God is not intimidated by my physique. He is not intimidated by eloquence or any of those excellent things that he himself makes available. The devil is not intimidated by any of those things. What moves God and shakes the kingdom of darkness is how well our family works. Not even how well church works. Because if the family works, the church will work. But if the family doesn't work, it's a caricature because we come in here. But he who knows what goes on behind the scenes just sits and wonder, whom are they deceiving? At the end of today and throughout this month, I am persuaded that I know yourself will not be the reason why God was wish. He never created man and he never established a family. Can I have a louder amen? 
And so, from the beginning, God did not start church. God did not start government. God didn't start business. God never started most of the things that we place value on. God started the family. The family is the bedrock. If it doesn't work, it can never work anyway. When we complain about political leaders, or we complain about any leader for that matter, the issue is not how they perform, where they have been put. The issue is the unveiling and the manifesting of that which was put into them from the families they all represent and they came out from. Because we are the byproduct of our families. And so the scriptures I read, the first thing I want to establish, as you write it down, take it home, meditate on it, like the Berean Christian, is the fact that all of those scriptures emphasizes understanding the structure and respecting the structure. You must first understand the structure before you can respect the structure of the family. I happened to have gone to a, a nail shop yesterday to do my nails. Interestingly, it didn't turn out right. But I believe God wanted me to hear something. And so, there were three young ladies. The owner of the saloon, the nail studio, and two other young, young women. About 28 years, both of them and the owner of the, in their 20s. And they were conversing. It was a deep conversation. But I, I gathered from the conversation that they were talking about relationship and marriage. And one of them was saying that he was dating a married man who told her that she, he married his wife out of pity. And now he has lost the love for his wife. And so he's pursuing her. Stepping by her house, buying food, eating together, enjoying themselves. Because he sees the, 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 the pity, pity, pity season has expired. By my words, pity, pity season. I don't respect myself for too long. I will tell you the way it is. But interestingly, I now, listening for too long, I say, Holy Ghost, I can't keep quiet. Oh, Jesus. Just help me to know how to enter inside the conversation. So I asked them, first of all, the three of them, are you, are you girls Christians? I said, yes. On a lighter note, how old are you? Good. What do you do? They told me. Where do you work? They told me. Blah, blah, blah. I have established a rapport. So I said, I have been listening. Yeah. And I said, how has your parents' marriage been? All of them said, good. Only one said the parents were divorced. And I said, Would, do you ever think very seriously about your children? They said, yes. I said, if you are not careful about what and how you handle your life and relationship, you'll give your children more pain than you ever thought. And I told the young lady, leave that married man. You will also expire as the wife has expired. Because this life, soldier comes, soldier go. And only God remain. Okay. So we, we, we started. Then I asked them, are you girls Christians? They, all of them said, then I asked each of them their churches. And the three of them are all in churches wonderfully. Then I said, yes. And I asked, are you aware of the coming of Christ? I said, yes. The other, one of them said, uh, talking about rapture. I said, yes, rapture. And I said, if the rapture happens now, I hope you won't miss eternity. And that was, that, it's a court. 
And I said, okay, I have heard you all. Why am I saying this? I have limited time. Don't worry. We will route this thing well. Because maybe there is somebody here. You are looking very sanctimonious. It's only God that knows what you are doing. With regards to your family, both young and old. And so, I told them, the only challenge this generation has is sex. You people do sex too much before marriage. And when you go to church, you look very wonderful. But you have been doing sex. They bursted out all laughing. And all of them said, ah, ma, this thing you are talking about, in this our generation, if you don't give the men sex, you will stay there forever. I said, really? And I've heard this severally on A. I've heard this severally everywhere. And let me start with the younger generation. The family life of a believer starts first with the choices a single person makes unto God. A single person before marriage must come to a place like Esther. If I perish, I perish. And not give things that the Bible frowns at. Because Psalms 11 verse 3, the Bible says, Oh, what shall the righteous do if the foundations be destroyed? The foundation is what gives a believer anything at all called family. If you don't have a family, a, fam a foundation, let me shock you. You can be as anointed as you are and be a thorough disgrace to the kingdom of God because the foundation of the family is what sustains longevity and transparency of legacy from generation and to generation begins from the family, not church. We can ordain people. We can anoint people. But what is sustainable is what happens in the family. So if you are not yet married, the Bible has not been amended. It will never be amended. Sex before marriage is called fornication in capital letters. Put your underwears under lock and key. And tell God, my family shall not be bastardized because of the lack of self-control. And all the singles say amen. If you think that is sex that keeps marriage, check again. Because if sex were what kept marriage, no married person. <laughs> when you are married, you are free for all. You can decide to go and live one month and not step out of the gate. In the morning, when you finish breakfast, you do sex. You finish lunch, you do sex. You finish dinner, you do sex. After all, you have license. But ask the married people, when last they did it, and how fruitful it was. Whether it was to satisfy all righteousness. Or whether it was from the bottom of their heart. And the church says, Amen. I know you are looking at me weirdly. But I just came to shake you a little bit. That what you think nobody knows. There is see who is in the corner of your bedroom. When the lights are turned off, he watches what you do. And the family life of a believer is not about what we portray outside. It's about who watches from upstairs and draws conclusion. May we not be found wanting. Okay, but then we cannot castigate ourselves and let's get back to the parents. Because this is where it all comes from, down to. We have to respect the structure. Jesus Christ is submitted to God. The man is supposed to be submitted to Christ. The woman is supposed to submit to the man. Children are supposed to submit to the entire structure from the woman to God. Because now they are modeled. They have seen the model of how this structure works. They are not supposed to find this structure workable in church alone. Church should be a confirmation of what the womb has already shown to them. 
So we respect the structure and understand the structure of the family. That family is between one man and one woman. It doesn't matter the government of the time. It doesn't matter the world we live in. It is only one man to one woman. If you think that, yes, you are feminine, but in a masculine body, and you sense that there is a little bit of confusion, then go to Jesus Christ. He is the one who knows to bring normalcy to the things that have gotten out of balance. Because we will not append a sick nature to that which is not traditional and what God gave us. And the church of God says, Amen. Same, self, same, same, same sex marriage is not God. If you cannot condemn the people in it, you let them know that there is a God that fixes what goes wrong. But let us get going. Now, to be able to have a family that will please God as a believer, number one principal thing, write it down, is that you must do a thorough check of your background. The background that produced you. If you don't fix what happened in that background, things center will not hold. And I came with this book, I know you'll be announced, but I'm going to read verse, uh, page 77. There's something there that gives us understanding of what I'm talking about. Okay, so, because for lack of knowledge, Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, the Bible says, my people, not unbelievers, my people. That means God's people can perish if there is no knowledge. Okay. Background check requires that everyone, husband or wife, father or mother, young or old, will first of all, irrespective of when this understanding hits you, must sit down and look at a, set, a few things. Why am I going here? Because when you read Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 20, Genesis chapter 26, and then you go on to read Genesis chapter 49, you go to read Genesis chapter 38, I know that this message is recorded, so as fast as I am, pick a copy of it, listen to it again, and do notes so that you understand and see whether what I am saying carries any value and whether it's biblical so that you can adopt it. Now, all of those scriptures I mentioned, from 12 to 20 to 26 to 38 to 49 of Genesis, talks about the ancestral lineage of certain people and the genealogical history of some people who were called. And Genesis chapter 12 mentions, the first mention, is the man we call Abraham, the father of faith, who obeyed God illogically. And God said, leave your people, leave your kindred, and go to a place that I will show you. And he believed God, trusted God. God and took a journey to where he did not know. But when it came to the challenge before number one Pharaoh, number two Abimelech, they say, who is this woman with you? My sister. But was he wrong? Because this was his father's daughter. But with a different mother. But for as long as the covenant of marriage is concerned, God didn't see Sarah any longer as his sister. It was the wife. What am I driving at? You can obey God illogically. Sell everything you have to build a church. But if you don't deal with the weakness of your bloodline, it will deal with you. What was the weakness of Abraham? Deception. When he obeyed God and carried his luggage and his wife and everything, he carried lies and deception along. And every time there was an encounter, it showed up. 
And so, for every one of us here seated, there is something in our bloodline that makes the glory of God literally impossible to shine in our homes. We love God. We speak in tongues. We raise the dead. But until you deal, and you don't transfer responsibility of dealing with that thing to God. Because he has brought you from darkness into light. And you've got to know that 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, very familiar. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Yes, you are a new creature. But there are certain creatures that existed before your fathers were born. That will creep up to challenge the authority of God in your home. Your responsibility is to nip them at the butt. For Abraham, it was lies. For Moses, one of the greatest leaders of time. His own weakness was in Genesis chapter 49 verses 3 and 4. And the Bible says, in your anger, you slew men. So the problem that Moses had was anger. Was he not anointed to lead the people of Israel? He was anointed. But he didn't deal with anger that he inherited from the grandfather called Levi. Levi and Simeon, in their anger, slew the whole town that had molested and raped their sister. That issue was not dealt with. So everybody born in this priesthood family carried anger in their apron. May God not allow you transfer the weakness of your father's house and mother's house you hated as a child. May you not transfer it to the next generation. The body of Christ is called Judah. We are from the tribe of Judah. I'm talking about the family life of a believer. And I'm letting us know that the family life of believers have been so challenged that I don't know if Jesus blows, doesn't blow the trumpet in the next 20 years. Where Christianity will be. It's my worry. See this thing we are doing today? The world powers have cornered us in. The next generation, greater portion of them has a form of godliness. But they deny the power thereof. The power would have been generated from the family, not even the church. And sustained from the family. But we have closed blind eyes to the things that we needed to deal with. And so you find us in church, including the speaker. If I didn't take responsibility, I look very wonderful. When I preach, Mama Kathy is such an anointed woman. Mama Kathy is such a blessed woman. Mama Kathy moves mountains. But you don't know who Mama Kathy is. It's only the husband that can tell who she is. And so the tribe of Judah has a problem and that problem is found there in Genesis 38. That is where it all started. The only major challenge of the tribe of Judah that you and I are part of is sex, sexual weakness. Sex entered the tribe of Judah because Judah slept with a daughter-in-law in who had disguised. And that moment he did that, sex entered. Don't you wonder why there is a lot of pornographic usage amongst Christians? There is masturbation. There is fornication. There is adultery. There is everything. The tribe of Judah is saddled with sexual sin. But you and I shall not be victims of it. Are we together? My time. Okay. So now I read from page 76 of this book. It says, a few examples of such heritage of sin and weakness that affect a believer's family. According to the Bible, it's number one. Listen to this. Spousal abuse. There are some of us in the church, we came from homes where as parents, one partner abused the other. And we hated it as children, but we've become what we hated. 
if we have not dealt with it. Child abuse, alcohol and drug addiction, sexual immorality, bad temper, unexplained anger, not resolving conflict and pushing things under the carpet, failing to communicate in a relationship or marriage, being withdrawn from family relationships and activities, absentee father or mother, keeping secrets. It's important to also discover, it says, who actually raises the children in your family line? Some of us, our fathers were never there to raise us. And we have grown up and we've used work as excuse not to be available to our children. But we are believers. And we do not know that the demons of our background have transferred the same irresponsibility that we saw in one of our parents to us. But today, in the name of Jesus, that power is going to be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. There are some you ask, was parenting shared between the father and the mother? Was one parent particularly distant? How healthy was the family system in your bloodline? Or how healthy is it now? Did your ancestors demonstrate parenting styles you will wish to emulate in your own family? Is there a black sheep or incompetent family member in every generation? Are women particularly helpless or men particularly worthless from generation to generation? Is there any trace of promiscuity, unfaithfulness, tendencies of harboring mistresses or polygamy in the family line? These and many more, you will realize that, can actually attack your family. And so, I put it down here. I said, there are some of us, we also come from homes where there were irresponsible behaviors, silent treatment, there's divorce in some bloodline, there's lack of affection and love, there is some families, you have people insult as if they are speaking, they are, I don't know, the insult flows like water. They can insult, they can curse, they can disrespect. And so you see them, they, are very, very, they have all this, not because they would have had. But let me tell us something. The family life of a believer cannot change from what they experience in childhood until they become intentional and deliberate at changing the patterns that were handed over. So let me now quickly, I have about five to seven minutes. Let us know. Every adult man or woman married me. I want to ask you a question. How many times did your father and your mother give you a hug while growing up? How many times did they call you? Hugged you deeply as a child? Spoke a blessing over you? And then gave you a peck on the cheek? How many of us adults who are married saw our parents in those times? Your mother came back and your father was in the hall. And your mother just ran and sat on your father's laps. And then did, hey, did, did, did I miss you, I miss you. How many of them did it? Don't you now realize that you are being unromantic is not spiritual. But it's inheritance you haven't dealt with. You want to raise a generation that looks different, continuing the same old pattern. Now let me bring it down home. How many of you who are married on a daily basis hug yourselves before your, your children? I came here not to say, you know that we are so used church people, we can do morning devotion. Ah, God is not intimidated by your morning devotion. See that morning devotion you are doing? To some of us, we are insulting God. 
Because the parting words of Jesus is in John chapter 4, 17. Let the world see them love themselves so that they may know I sent them. How did he love the disciples? How come the God of the universe will allow a certain disciple to recline on his chest and to have fellowship with them? The family of a believer will not deliver to God. So much if we use spirituality to abuse the family life. We're supposed to see you cuddle yourselves. I'm not saying sex. Say you play. Say you hold hands. Say you take a walk. Say you lie down and then you just pass. They were supposed to see that on a daily basis. Then it will give them the impetus to carry the heritage to the next generation. But most of what they see is silent treatment. You think that they don't see. In the morning, you don't greet your wife. Your wife doesn't greet you. You are just carrying face all over the place. And then you come to church. I surrender all. And the children look at you and say, but this is hypocrisy. Who put me inside? And they are just wondering, when will this be over? That is why the younger generation, a greater percentage of them, they are not in church. Some that come to church, something else has taken some of them. I came here to speak to people. It's something, I'm not telling you what doesn't work. I have married for 30 years. My next anniversary will be 31 years. And I can tell you that there are some things, because I'm a believer, I decided to change. Until I married and my mother died, she never gave me a hug. I have four children, four adult children. The first one is a woman, followed by three men. I discovered that when I became a mother, the last thing I wanted around my body was my daughter touching me because I wasn't used to it. And she was very cuddling, but I couldn't stand it. Mama Kathy loves God with a perfect heart. I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect, but I love God. I fear God. I discovered I had a problem touching my children because I was never touched and loved the, the right way by my mother. My father loved me, but it wasn't much of touching. That there were positive words. And so I struggled and I had to sit in the mirror and say, oh God, change me. To be able to hold this child and hold my children. It doesn't come easy. What you never saw will not come easy. But let me run through a few things and you take notes. Because I want this family week to bring a dimension of change that will make the kingdom of God to become attractive. There are so many of us that are playing church but our homes are in shambles. And I want you to know that the reason why some children are promiscuous is because they have not been loved. And the daughters, and let me speak to the fathers, I don't know why I'm leaving my, 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 my notes. I came with notes, oh, Holy Ghost, see what you are doing. But I allow, it's okay, I love you. Okay. But fathers who are sitting here, let me challenge you. The family life of a believer starts with you. You are the one who has the custody over your family. And the Bible says in Isaiah 54, verse 5, your maker is your husband. If I say father and a husband, you are not married to God. I don't know what you will tell him. And I ask every man seated here, when last did you find out what food God loves? And how intimate he wants to be with you? When last did you hear instructions from him on how to run your home? When last did you hear instructions from him on how to love your wife? 
When last did you hear instructions from him on how to cater for your wife and make her the epitome of success, victory, and all of the things you are looking for in here that is not there? When last did you download scripts from your husband who is God? The first husband. And say, you know what? Me, I am second husband. But you know the people I'm dealing with, they are difficult. God, give me the blueprint of how to love my wife first. Because I am also married to you. So that I can require from her what I am giving to you. Number two. As a father, every daughter wants the validation of a father. Not paying schools and buying clothes. Every daughter wants the father to cuddle them, take them out on dinner, take them out on a date, take them for a walk. Let them know, baby girl, you are the most treasured instrument. When you do that, nobody can deceive a girl child to wanting to have sex with that girl child. God helped me do this because my father loved me. The little in you. I tell people that I led my father to the Lord somewhere 1978. And he knelt down in the open air in front of my house. And I recited the Lord's Prayer. He prayed it and then I had to disciple my father. But there was something my father did. My father loved me. My father loved me passionately. And so when I tell young people I married as a virgin, there is nothing on earth any man born of a woman could tell me. I had the love of my father to the fullest. When you marry and you look away from your daughters, you are giving the devil a green card to visit your home and destroy them. And the sons look up to their mothers. I am a mother of four sons. But let me run through. Please, I beg you. I know that I'm going to Adabraka to preach, but I must lay this foundation so the monk will carry the import of what heaven wants it to carry. And if you believe it, shout amen. So what do we do quickly? Number one. To reorder and set the new values that will give us something different. That will give us families that will honor God, not just waiting on Sunday morning to come. <laughs> the church will happen in the family. Oh, Malira Basuli and Dedebo. That fathers will rise up and become the custodians of the mandate of God in their homes. Not just by preaching, but by showing the order of heaven. And wives will align. The first thing you do to restore the new order is you must be available and create the atmosphere of love. If you want your family life to reflect that of a believer, be available. Most importantly, the men. Be available. Be, that, be intentionally available. I'm not saying come shut down everything you do, close your legs and sit at home and be there. No. When you come home, be home. When you come home, be present. When you come home, don't allow phone to take your time. When you come home, don't be on social media. When you come home, don't make it look as if even to come and sleep, the phone drops on your chest. Availability and the atmosphere of love. How does this work? By knowing that that will help you create lasting memories. Because what forms adults is the memories of their childhood. Whether they were dysfunctional or functional. And be giving functional memories is an activity that must be deliberate. It's not just wishful thinking. Reflecting true love to model true love. True love. What love is? What people call love is not love, it's lust. True love is that I am not loving you because you deserve it, but I'm loving you because I have the nature. Communication will make you available. You must talk. You must talk when you are home. You must communicate. Talk regularly. Be heard. 
and in also desire to be heard and then share feelings share feelings don't make it look so difficult for partner to share how he or she feels leisure activities leisure activities at least spice up by date night i went somewhere to preach i actually went to train counselors for that church to train them okay and i told the head pastor i said you've been married for so long how often do you do date night with your wife and i asked all of them they don't do date night african marriage is very boring it's triangular from church to work to funeral to home 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 and you say, hey, hey, I'm making money, making money. Hey, hey, hey. Anything you do not feed will die. Anything you do not feed will die. When last, when last did you take your wife out? Every week there should be an outing. I told that pastor, and for the past two and a half years, the wife said every Friday, every Monday night is death night. And I dress to kill with my high shoe. They have been married for 17 years. For over two years I preached that message to them. Every week they go on a dinner. All the men here, when last? Some of your wives have died. What you are saying there is skeleton. That is just them. Because the love language of, remember we read Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33. The love language of a woman is affection. Come on. When last did you go to the shop and buy something? I know the economy is bad. It doesn't need to be expensive and come back. Because John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he, love is. And the church says, I didn't speak with your spouses, so I just came here. When last, from this morning as we finish, you are going to hug your wife and walk your husband before they leave for work. I'll show you that. Because leisure time, validating, affirming, loving. And then the wife will know that she respects the husband, that they let your husband eat with. Nobody else uses that plate. Nobody else uses that spoon. That come on, you love your husband to a way. Because men sometimes, until you break the box that contains them, come on, you will not be able to have them. So you go cuddle them from behind. He may look stubborn, but plant a peck on the cheek and say, baby, I still love you. And he will say, go straight to the point. What are you looking for? You challenge him for the next two months that you're looking for nothing. You're just looking to give love. <laughs> oh, my lady, the bull shadow. Baby, lie down. Let me massage your back. It's still spiritual. <laughs> Spirituality is not only fasting and prayer. That the mother will come, the wife will come and say, baby, family life of a believer is that I must show my children what love looks like. Did you hear? Let me show you. <laughs> the next thing, established strength, strong values and morals will restore the foundations that was broken. Strong values and morals. Set boundaries. There are some things you must never do. Be a person of moral, high moral standard. Whatever you inherited from your background, you should know that the last generation that will ever go through it. Finally, there's something I want us to look. Mm -hmm. Okay. Take this down. My time is over. This one I'm doing. I hope they will call me next time. 
Come and, come and mess myself up. Whatever you are looking for from me is in this book and more. Vision will restore you from the broken foundation of your family life. Every man must realize something. That vision is the ability to plan the future with imagination and wisdom. And every husband who is a believer and wants a family, plan the vision. What do you want to see your family become? And what do you want to leave your heritage with after that? Then you move on to love and respect. Man, love your wife. Wife, respect your husband. Number three, you look at commitment. Commitment is the state and quality of being dedicated to a cause. Marriage is a cause because it's the only cause that will deliver to God what will make the generations ahead of us to be firm and established. Provision, you must provide. When we hear provision in family, we most times talk of physical provision. The greatest need of your family is emotional provision. How to teach your children to manage emotions, to manage disappointment until the season changes. Because in our journey as people, we'll meet with difficulties. Finally, I want every married man and woman to stand up, please. Please, with all due respect, please, with all due respect. And if you are not standing or sitting where your spouse is, relocate to where you are. Or the wife, move to where your husbands are. If your husband has traveled or wife, don't worry, Jesus is one. The family life of a believer is a life that is so attractive. Where Jesus is exalted. Where are the spouses? Are you standing by yourselves? Now please turn and face each other. If your spouse is in this church, find and locate your spouse. So, <laughs> if you fought before coming to church and you are trying, pretending, pretending they are here, find your spouse. Madam, please join your boss. Okay, now face yourselves. Now close the gap. Close the gap. The younger ones must say something. Close the gap. Okay, okay. Hallelujah. I am still the one in charge. I am done. Okay, now, wife, listen to this instruction. Wife, are we together? Wives, now put your head on the left chest of the left, right chest of your husband. Right chest. Just recline, recline. Recline as if you are just taking solace. And then husband, cuddle your wife. No, down, 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 close to the hip. Okay, now good. Now, husband, please hold your wife. It's your property. Wife and husband, hold yourselves. Okay. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay, so please don't, don't delay taking my instructions so you won't mess things up for me. Madam and Oga, what's happening now? Now say, do the thing now. Okay. So for those of you whose spouses are not here, raise your right hand to heaven. Mercy will locate you. And when your spouse comes, the Lord will make things beautiful. For those of you who are doing that, now listen as you are doing that, the, the wife should still recline the head there. You, I am sending you out from this morning. Every day before you leave home, take that position. Before the first person leaves. Now do that. And use two minutes. 
to proclaim a blessing over each other. Why do I say this? The days are evil. And you want things to begin to shift in your favor. Speak a blessing over your wife. Speak a blessing over your husband. And then together speak a blessing over your children. Reclaim your foundation from the powers of hell. That wants to say your father misbehave, you will misbehave. Your mother misbehave, you will misbehave. Begin to establish a new order. And as I do this, I decree and I declare under God. Every marriage standing here, I declare that whatever had been activated to work against the union God desires to see, may the foundations be consumed by fire. And I decree, whatever cause, division, distraction, and all the confusion in your home and in your marriage, may Jehovah bring healing in the name of Jesus. I decree and I declare, your children will not go through what you went through in the earlier years of your marriage. May they see something different, become something different, reveal something different, and become the instrument of change in their generation. May your family life give God glory. And the church says, Amen.